Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon. How are you? I hope it's great for you so far today, this Tuesday, February 7th, the year 2023. We are live and in living color for the next two hours as we're each and every day from two to four, Monday through Friday with my main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. Inside the game studios, the master control suite, which is on the campus of Delta Media, where you'll find 1037 FM. We'll also find us in Lake Charles on 1041 we are streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can also turn us on your television set as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, it's a spring-like day, about 71, 72 degrees out here. Baseball right around the corner. But we've got the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Glad to see that Kansas City, the Chiefs, activated former LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire from the injured reserve list. Edwards-Alaire began the season as the Chiefs' starting running back but suffered a high ankle sprain in Week 11. Still no news on the LSU football front as far as spring practice dates or the annual spring game. So we'll have to keep you apprised of that one. Kind of crazy to think that you're unbeaten and you've got a team uh, that lost on Sunday and you still haven't usurped them. Well, that's what's happened in the Associated Press Women's college basketball poll, Um, LSU, one of two unbeaten teams. Previous number two, Stanford, lost to Washington on Sunday. So you would think that LSU would climb up a spot. Instead, Indiana moved up two spots after defeating Purdue. Really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. If LSU takes care of business Sunday at 1 p.m., on Super Bowl Sunday, then LSU will become the number one ranked team in the country, plain and simple. So uh, don't worry about any of this right here, right now. Let's just wait and see. Sean Payton was introduced as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. And according to multiple sources, he's wasting no time in building his new coaching staff endeavor. And he's targeted four members of his old staff in New Orleans as prospects. The Broncos will interview Saints quarterbacks coach Ronald Curry for their offensive coordinator position. Um, 
Peyton has also made an offer to longtime Saints assistant Kevin Petrie, who has served for six seasons as a member of the team's football op staff. Uh, Petrie's a Covington native and an LSU grad. Peyton's also considering Declan Doyle for the Broncos' tight end coaching position, according to reports. He served as an offensive assistant for four seasons with the Saints. And, of course, it's almost considered a moot point um, but Zach Streif was offered the offensive line coach on the new Broncos staff. Still hasn't been um, finalized yet, but um, all indications are that that's going to be just a mere formality and no issues there. Um a survey out says a record 50.4 million adults will bet upwards of $16 billion on the Super Bowl. That 50.4 million is roughly 20% of the population. The number of expected Super Bowl bettors is up 61% from last year's survey and is equivalent to how many adults, adults in the U.S. participate in running. Kansas, Ohio, Maryland, and Massachusetts have launched online sports betting since the last Super Bowl. So um, the $16 billion wagered on Sunday's game between the favored Eagles and their opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs, is more than double last year's estimate. The wagering totals include bets made with legal sports books, illegal bookmakers, or casually among friends. I'm just curious, with with legal sports books, and you can go to casinos and place bets, what's happened to the old behind the the door, under the table? illegal bookmaker out there that used to be used to rule the world. I wonder how this has affected their business. Just curious. I have no idea, but kind of curious. Um, so, uh, yes, we'll get to the nuts and bolts of the ball game with our illustrious guest list today. Uh, we will look LSU basketball is not good, not good, but March madness is right around the corner. And we're going to start our weekly bracket or bracketology with our friend who's done it with us for years and years, Shelby Mast of the USA Today Network. Shelby will, will join us and give us his top four seeds, how many teams in the SEC are going to make it, what's the fate of the Raging Cajuns at this point in time. Um, and uh, we'll go over the whole ball of wax with Shelby Mast at about 2.15 this afternoon. Marlon Favorite was a member of the Saints Super Bowl winning team. Marlon will join us around 2.30-ish and give his thoughts on the Super Bowl this year between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Starting at the 3 o'clock era uh, hour, it's um, one of those great, could have been, should have been, that just didn't work out because of injuries. Uh, he came to LSU as a parade All-American, one of the top five players coming out of high school basketball um, from South Carolina, came to LSU, um, 
teamed up with Shaquille O'Neal in the in the Twin Towers in Tigertown. Uh, Stanley Roberts is uh, celebrating his 53rd birthday today. I thought I'd get Stanley on. Uh, beset by injuries throughout his NBA career, was a first-round pick. We'll share some stories of those uh, pickup games down in the dungeon between Stanley and Shaq. And I can tell you right here, right now, when they both arrived on campus, Stanley Roberts used to eat Shaquille's lunch. He was so skilled offensively for a seven foot seven one kid. It was amazing. Um, injuries and injuries. And I always said if Stanley had the heart of Shaquille and the drive of Shaquille, he'd have been one of the all time greats all-time greats we'll talk with stanley roberts and then bob rose of the saints news network will join us as he does each and every tuesday we'll go go over all of the uh the nuances with what's going on with the saints um can we figure out a way to get a quarterback and who's going to be his guy uh, his team to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I didn't ask James for this, but I know he's got it. Uh, Sean Payton addressed the media yesterday when he was introduced as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now, when Sean Payton came to New Orleans, he had to change an entire culture, an entire attitude, a loser's mentality. Had to do that. And he is now going into Denver, and he's kind of doing the same thing with initiating, look, we're going to get rid of some of this stuff that uh, has been going on around here, and we're going to do things my way, totally my way. And the key is Russell Wilson. Uh, Here's Sean Payton talking about Russell Wilson, calling him to come to Denver. When he called right away, I thought, man, I'm the last person that needs to get in trouble with the league. So I just, I, I, we chatted. I coached Russell in the Pro Bowl, and so it's a very small community where you get to know these guys. And he lives, he lives real close to Drew and Del Mar, and Drew had been, Drew's like, man, Russell is wearing me out. And I said, Drew, we're going to give you a little spot in the program. We'll call you Senior Assistant of Del Mar. You know, that's where Drew lives. Um, but yeah, we spoke briefly, and, and Latavius Murray is one of my former players, and he's played with a number of teams. A super guy. You guys have had a chance to cover him. He's just, uh, you know, one of those guys you like being around, and, and we had a great experience with in New Orleans. And I had gotten a text right at the end of the season. He's like, man, we've got to find a way to get you here, me and my backfield teammates. So I didn't, when I heard that, I thought of running back. So then I thought, who else is in his backfield? And I'm like, who's your backfield teammate? And then he, he sent, like, the number three. And I said, it was Christmas time. And I said, well, be careful what you're asking Santa for. That was my response. So that, that we kind of go from there. <laughs> kind of go from there. And um, be careful what you're asking for. Russell Wilson's had an office in the complex. He's had everything handed to him on a silver platter, including having his personal coach, on the practice field while the team has been practicing with the paid staff. Sean Payton was asked about Russell Wilson's personal coach still being around, and uh, the new sheriff came to town. 
Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Keeves, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Uh, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the world of Sean Payton. Things are going to be changing, um, and changing quickly in Denver. No question about that. Um, we'll take our first time out of the day. Uh, when we come back, Shelby, Shelby Mass, we'll talk bracketology, March Madness, a little over a month away when we return. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the game charity Golf Scramble, benefiting Redbird Ministries. Hit the links at Farm Day Alley with supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who have been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child can't imagine in addition to 18 holes of golf the day will include great prizes food drink and a great day with the staff at the game so gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com together we can make a difference Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back 18 minutes after the hour. Got to have full confession here uh, with LSU basketball being... um, A little bit less than up to par this season, and we understand what's going on there. And in time, hopefully, um, we will get excited about March Madness yet again. But uh, right now, it's uh, it's not there. And I I reached out to my buddy Shelby Mast, who each and every year has been so gracious as our bracketologist, as he serves as the official bracketologist for USA Today Sports, collegeinsider.com, amongst many, many others. And I said, Shelby, I just, I, I kind of forgot. I hadn't been into, into the March Madness mood, but I am now, and I'm thrilled to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I was kind of wondering for a while if uh, you'd be calling because LSU is not good this year, but you did, so that's good. Absolutely. Uh, how would you sum up to date this college basketball season? How, how, how does it um, compare or contrast to some of the good seasons of the past? I think this tournament is going to be fun. There is no clear-cut dominant team or teams. There are lots of good teams, maybe more than usual. More can win the tournament. Mm -hmm. But there's no clear-cut title contender, so we're going to have a fun tournament. What's the best conference in college basketball this year? I think without doubt it's the Big 12. They've got 10 teams in the conference and probably eight are going to make it, maybe seven. That's 70%, 80% of the teams 
in their conference, and there's no off night. Everybody is good. Everybody can beat everybody. Big win last night for Kansas as they beat uh, they beat Texas. What did that do to the Jayhawks, who were surprisingly to me uh, nineteen and five? May not be the best Bill Self club, but they seem to be there when it counts. Yeah, I tell you what, their resume is just as good as uh, anybody else's. They've got the most quad one win this year. I have them as a one seed, um, and, and with their conference is so tough. You know, no loss is a bad loss. So they they're not going to take any bad losses. Um, I, I, with that many quad one wins and in that conference, I don't see how you cannot put them on the one line. All right, who are your number one seeds as of today, February seventh? We got Purdue, Arizona, Kansas, and Alabama. Okay, so um, one SEC team, a couple of Big 12 teams, and, and Arizona, who I think eventually will leave the Pac-12 and, and go to the Big 12. I just can see that happening anyway. Um, uh, Houston's 22-2. and two. Um, They're a good club, man. They just they, – they play t- – it's the same kind of team, right? They just get after you on defense, and they, um, they got great athletes. Yeah, I think this year's team may be a little bit better. They've got more go-to athletes, guys that you can trust with the ball down the stretch. Uh, 22-2, and two, but the one bad thing is that home loss at Temple. That That's going to give the committee fits, but the metrics love them, and they're fun to watch. I've got them a two-seed. They are very much in the discussion for the one line. Okay, I'm I'm sure that this is um is a very fluid as is always the case um a very fluid line and things can change in the blink of an eye. It's good to see uh, UCLA good. It's good to see Indiana back involved. It's it's good to see some of these uh, basketball name schools involved. Seems like Kentucky's turning things around. Shelby, what do you think of the Wildcats? Yeah, I think they've got a good team. That was my preseason pick to win it all. Not looking real good right now. But uh, they're down on the 11 line. But they've got lots of opportunities coming up to move up in the bracket. And I sure wouldn't want to play them come March. Yeah, I'm with you. I always ask you this question. We always think of basketball. We think of Kansas and UCLA and Duke and North Carolina, those kind of schools, Gonzaga. Um, who's the little Cinderella darling this year that's caught your eye? It seems to be Florida Atlantic. They're uh, 22-2. and two. Wow. I don't think they've ever been to the tournament, but they're, it's going to be awful tough if they don't win their conference. They may still get in that large bid. They're a good squad, and they've got some good wins, uh, and, and nothing really too negative on their schedule. Uh, they're going to be an interesting team come March. <sighs> Uh, in this neck of the woods, LSU's not so hot, obviously, but the Raging Cajuns from uh, UL Lafayette um, got a big win over Marshall over the weekend, and they are getting ready to go travel to Southern Miss in what should be a huge matchup in the Sun Belt. Yeah, Southern Miss uh, and Marshall have been the co-leaders or leaders flip-flopped all season, but Louisiana Lafayette is hanging right there with them and they're 
they could make things interesting in that tournament. That's still a one-bid league? Whoever wins the conference postseason tournament, that's who gets in? It probably so, but you know, if these teams win enough games down the stretch uh, yeah. and have a good showing in the tournament, uh, it might be and let some of the other big boys fall off, then uh, they'll be in the discussion. I mean, UL's twenty and four. Southern Miss is twenty one and four. I mean, my goodness, uh, uh, maybe, maybe they can get a couple of more uh, teams in this thing. So, uh, absolutely. Who's the player of the year this year, Shelby? Who's the best player out there? I think probably Zach Eady in Purdue. Um, okay. The guy's big. He and he can play basketball. That's the thing. He's not just size. He can uh-huh. pass the ball. Not great, but for a big man, he does off all right. Uh, and that the offense does not center on him, but he is a, a top option. But he's he's done amazing things, and at that size, he'll be tough not to be the player of the year. A couple of teams that it normally are always in the thick of things. Villanova, I think of. Syracuse, I think of. Notre Dame, I think of. Boy, they're having some some tough times. Is it time for Jim Beheim to, to finally say see you later? I, I think it, that time has come and gone, but he says he's sticking around. Uh, I, Syracuse, they evidently they're used to being mediocre now. You know, so that as long right. as I think that he's there, he, I, 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 I'm not a fan of his as a coach, and I, it's time for him to go. You've got uh, Shelby Mass, uh, bracketologist for USA Today and the Jordy Holtberg Show, amongst others. You've got seven teams from the ACC, but I, it seems to me the league is down. How do you rate the ACC, which is always the the mecca of college basketball? Yeah, they're they're not as good as they have been. Obviously, uh, they're better than they were last year, but that's not saying much. But they've got teams that are on the bottom half of the bracket that are taking up space there. And I can't not put them in there. Pittsburgh, North Carolina, Clemson is leading the league, and I have them in a playing game. So, Hmm. you know, they've got good teams and good records, but I think Virginia is the class of the ACC, and maybe Miami right there with them. But they've got enough others that they can – Get in the tournament as far as make noise, probably not, but they, they can't be overlooked. How many teams do you think? I mean, and this is such a broad question, I understand, but it just kind of shows you how college basketball is. How many realistic teams do you think can cut down the final nets uh, and win a national championship this year? I think you're looking at right now probably – 12 or 13, and wow. that number will get lower as we get closer to March, but it's still wide open. I, if I had to pick one right now, I don't know who I'd pick. Uh, I think maybe Alabama may be the best team, <laughs> but you know they, they've suffered some losses that are head scratchers, so maybe Kansas, but they've lost a few that are yeah. head So I, I don't know, but I think we're, we're the numbers – and about about a dozen, but it's going to get lower. That's awesome. I I, I can't wait. Uh, I, look, 
At least we got women's basketball. That's that's great. They get it ready for a showdown with South Carolina, two unbeaten teams. And we got to give Matt McMahon some credit. Uh, boy, he was in the thick of things last year at Murray State. He's come here. and he, I've never seen anything like it, Shelby, where a coach took a job and had zero Z-E-R-O players. They all gone. They all left. They everybody was gone. He had a clean slate to try to get to get a team together. And I've never seen anything like it ever. He's having a, a pretty good year based on that. He has yeah. nothing coming in and get a competitive team out there. It usually takes two or three years to you know get some excitement and get some players. And I mean, they're they're falling right now, but they're above five hundred this late in the season. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Shelby Mass. You're really good. Um, I'll get in touch with you. We'll start doing this every week uh, as we count down to March. Uh, why don't you tell everybody the success rate you had last year in picking the field of sixty-eight? Uh, see, last year out of sixty-eight teams, I got sixty-seven right. And I think it was 64 seated right or within one line. Wow. Pretty darn good, big guy. Well, um, get that visine ready. You watch a lot of college basketball, and we're appreciative of it, buddy. We'll talk soon, and thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, says, hey, come on. We got to get ready for March Madness. It's the greatest time in the sporting world. It really is. The one-and-done thing, it, it's terrific. So we appreciate Shelby. Uh, Marlon Favorite, did you know that today was a very, very special day in all of our lives if you are a Saints fan? We'll tell you all about it after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlet, 61 of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all period. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. Uh, You want to lose those unwanted inches and you want to have some permanent fat reduction? Eon is the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device. Valentine's Day, oh, what a gift it would be. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. By the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. Get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy and by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef products. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to The Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back. 35 minutes after the hour. Uh, today's date, February 7th, the year 2023. 13 years ago today. A day I thought, uh, how to, uh, would it ever, ever, ever happen? Well, February 7th, 2010, Sun Life Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. 
The Indianapolis Colts, a five-point favorite, taking on the New Orleans Saints in Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. The Saints beat the Colts 31-17. to He was there. He was part of the team. And he joins us now. Hello, somebody. My main man, Marlon Favrite, kind enough to join us. What's up, Big Fave? Hello, somebody. Man, thanks for having me on, Jordan. Take me back 13 years ago, man. How, how fun was that? First and foremost, time flies. Let's clip his wings. It doesn't even feel like 13 Woo. years ago uh, we won the Super Bowl. Uh, but to go down memory lane and, and go back to that, that epic night, that historical night, Everything happened so fast on on that day, Jordy. You know we're we're going through, we're getting we arrived to the locker room. Pre-game warm-ups felt like all of thirty seconds, and you know before you know it, we made a big turn in that game, and and, and the rest is history. So it, it was just uh, for a, a young rookie in the NFL, me at the time, fresh out of LSU, the entire situation was so surreal. <laughs> Had to be. Um, I don't know if we'll see it again. I'll never say never, but boy, the Saints seem like they are a far, far way uh, away from being a team that has a chance to do that again. But who knows? Uh, time will tell. It's kind of interesting. Before we get to this year's Super Bowl matchup, uh, the big news going out about Sean Payton going to Denver and he's he's changing things up. No more personal coaches on the field. If if one of the Denver Bronco veterans called you up and said, hey, man, tell me about Sean Payton. What should we expect? What would you tell him? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't. I mean, especially on a day like this, I wouldn't really know what to tell him. But it just, I mean, I guess I would say it, it, it'll feel strange to see you in a Denver uniform. <laughs> you, you, you know, people forgot for a, a while that Sean Payton actually had a coaching history before the Saints, you know, going yeah. to Dallas before then and being there. So, I think not only locally here in South Louisiana, this is a big shakeup, but also just <laughs> you know on on, on a wide range uh, on a, on a football national standpoint, uh, it, it just really it, it just really stood out uh, for it just stands out right now. You hear it on our local media here in New Orleans, it stands out uh, that you know <laughs> that you know it's just strange that he's not there anymore. But as a player. When when Sean Payton walks through the door as a professional player, what should that player expect from that particular coach and his style? Well, I think you, you have an offensive-minded guy coming in. So guys like uh, Jared Judy, um, he's going to really appreciate this. Even uh, along the lines of of, of Russell Wilson, <laughs> he's going. He knows the style. And he's looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, coming from Coach Sean Payton, but you know, just my message to those players, uh, Jordy, to answer that question for you is just you know be prepared for a guy that is very calculated. Um, he's a cool coach, uh, but he, he's very assertive when it comes to practice. He's going to expect everything to look a certain way, a uh, certain a certain. Um, chemistry around there he, he he expects and that's the way he's going to eliminate his players so you know I can see a lot of how they, how they used to say it when we were in the league a lot of tears being moved around in there because he's going to bring in coaches he's going to bring in players that really match that style yeah uh Marlon Favorite with us uh Philadelphia Kansas City 
these games are always won at the line of scrimmage. Philly's got a great offensive line. I think they've got an underrated defensive line. But Kansas City, these these teams are there for a reason. They're really good. What what stands out to you? How do you see this thing coming? Well, offensively, you have two elusive quarterbacks, one in Jalen Hurts that he's shown this year he he he's uh he's an elite quarterback in that top tier of guys and. Patrick Mahomes, who's used to the stage, you know, he's, he's visited this stage on a, a number of occasions and saw success. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you kind of think of a, a, a younger Tom Brady who's, who's been to three and four Super Bowls versus a guy like, a, you know, when he's faced uh, Eli Manning. You know, those were, those were the, the Brady thing. You know, you have Patrick Mahomes going down there. And, you know, you take it inside the trenches, I can remember being with Philly towards the tail end of my NFL career, and I can remember a young guy by the name of Brandon Graham, who was a rookie in the league at that time. So you have still, you know, a defensive player like that who's been at one team. He understands what it takes. You look across their line, Hargraves, a couple of guys that are that are some dogs. And you know, one thing that that the New Orleans uh, fan base here is not super excited about is, and kind of mixed feelings. You know, that bittersweet feeling because you're happy for the guy, but. Uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson could be playing in the Super Bowl and in my opinion has a high chance of winning it and you know for the Saints fans like man it's one of our best defensive players he deserves it but we could have used him this year so this is going to be a very interesting game I'm with you Um, I'm just curious you mentioned you were in Philly Um, describe we have this image of Philly fans you were a part of it um Describe the fan base in Philadelphia. They're huge sports lovers. I mean, just just uh, Lincoln Field. There's you know the baseball arena, basketball arenas, right? So they're in an expected city. It's, it's always been when you're on the East Coast, close to to the Big Apple, the spotlight is there. And, and I can just remember the fan base being very. Uh, they're, they're rough, but at the same time, nice. When you're a Philly player, they're, they're rolling with you. And, and I just remember that about it. Um, in my time there, and, and hey, it's one of those fan base. You know, here in New Orleans, we, we keep it 100. We do. Um, and, and in Louisiana, our fans, we love our sports. But it's just you know, so many major sports in one area there. Uh, for Philadelphia, they they have this somewhat of a cockiness about the about their organization, but uh, they, they love the players. Not always does the best team win. But if you look at both rosters, Eagles, Chiefs, um, take every position, take the backups and all that, who's got the better overall team, in your opinion? I think overall, if if you look at roster, and and even if you bring coaching staff in, you have to lean towards Kansas City uh, just for the experience. And it just so happened Andy Reid was the head coach uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles when I was there. So here's a guy who who has experienced uh, that before. So for ha- to have him at Kansas City, you have guys like Schuster um, on that roster. You, you have other guys like um, just just thinking about across the um, you know across across the front front line and then the tight end guys like Travis Kelsey. So you 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 have you know key piece. But if you look at coaching staff and player, I think I think Philadelphia. Excuse me, I think Kansas City has a slight edge. Okay. All right. Um, besides the quarterbacks, because uh, they play such an integral part, give me some players that um, that could be difference makers in this thing, in your opinion. I, 
honestly think when you when you look at at Kansas City and you take a guy like uh, Juju Smith Schuster, he's had the lead role from uh, at the at the skill position. He's had that lead role from time to time, uh, being in uh, being in Pittsburgh uh, after Antonio Brown arrows over. So on the Kansas City side. I look at a guy like that that can make a difference maker. I mean, you know Travis Kelsey is going to show up and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And, and then for, for Philadelphia, uh, I like to take it on the offensive side of the ball. And a guy like, like Lane Johnson, you know, you, you have just a solid offensive line. I mean, you could really accredit that entire offensive line. But when you look at him and, and also Kelsey – uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, yeah. those two guys are, are, are guys that's going to stand out because Kansas City has always been creative defensively, um, and, they, and they have the defensive weapons up front uh, to, to make things happen. So I just really, you know, look at it like that. Of course, being an LSU guy, you just kind of have to root, root for, for both sides because I want to say we do have somebody from Philly on that side, right? All I saw is I noticed we have the most players in the Super Bowl right now on, uh, right. on both teams, so you know that's cool, and it's it's just with Philly having guys. I mean, excuse me, with Kansas City having guys like Frank Clark up front. That that that's one of those big time rushers. You have an interior rusher, a guy like Chris Jones. You look at Lane Johnson, and you look at Kelsey, and those guys are going to have their hands full. But I think they'll uh, do exceptionally well up front. High scoring game, low scoring game, and uh, you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm I may be one of those. Uh, 50 million people that bet over 16 billion dollars on this thing. Can you believe that? That is insane. I mean, this betting is not going to slow down, Jordan. No. 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 So who do you like? Who's going to win this thing? I think Philly, I think Philly's going to win. I I honestly think that that Philly's going to get the job done and, and of course the X factor to me is Jalen Hurst. I think when it all breaks down um, and the, the, the time his offensive line is going to buy him now. They're going to score. It's going to be a high-scoring game to answer that first question, but I think okay. Philly wins it in a tight one. All right, I got you. I, I, I like him running the football, man. I like I, When you play Philly, you got to play 11-on-11. 11 11. A lot of times you're playing 10 offensive players against 11 defensive players, but with Philly, it's 11-on-11, 11 11, uh, and that I think that does make a difference. Um, totally off-subject, but um, – LSU football ought to be really, really good next year. Ought to be really good. I think they will be good. I mean, we get Jaden Daniels back, just with how electrifying of a player he is. You look on yeah. the defensive side of the ball, uh, you have a guy like you get Mason Smith back healthy uh, on that front front line. You get uh, a guy like, in my opinion, a, a player to look at. And, and, I, and I can relate to this guy because I can remember when Kyle Williams and Claude left, you know, Guys kind of look towards me and Glenn to step up inside Charles Alexander, yeah. Ricky Jean Francois, just to name a few guys. But uh, Big Tank Guillory, I think uh, Jacobin Guillory is going to be a guy that's going to stand out on that front uh, defensive line. So I'm, I'm excited about our Tigers, brother. I, I am. Man, just think of all those studs LSU used to have on that defensive line that went to the league, man. God, you're mentioning the names left and right like they're dropping out of a bucket, and you certainly were one of them. 13 years ago, my man, we're getting older, but time does fly. But for a guy that saw the Saints' first game in Tulane Stadium as a kid, through all the way through that, that was that 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 was a tear 
uh, jerker. Um, the tears came out on that one, big guy. So thank you for that. And uh, that sure was fun. But it, it's always fun talking with you, man. Continued success to you in your broadcasting and music career and all that stuff, man. That's awesome. Proud of you. Thank you so much, brother. Go Tigers, man. And, and, and who that nation here, baby? Hello, somebody. <laughs> Hello, hello, somebody. <laughs> we will take a timeout. We'll wrap up on hour number one after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab, and you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple, and it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm I'm glad that you asked that question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 52 minutes after the hour as we wrap up our number one big-time hoops games uh, tonight around the league. Last night, Clay Thompson had 12, 12 three balls. <laughs> 12. Um, amazing. Tonight, the 28-27 New Orleans Pelicans take on the 27 up, 27 down Atlanta Hawks. This has got to be one of those must-win type of uh, games for the Pels. Brandon Ingram will be back. Um, Atlanta ranks eighth in the Eastern Conference, just two games out of a playoff spot. New Orleans ranks ninth in the Western Conference, just one game back from a playoff spot with a lot of hoops left to do. Um, what do these? Uh, what do the Pels plan to do before Thursday afternoon's NBA trade deadline? Your guess is as good as mine. But they've been beset by injuries, um, and if they don't believe they can have their guys ready to roll um, for the rest of the season, well, we'll see. No update on Zion Williamson and his hamstring. That's about to come uh, soon. Um, and we'll see what happens here. Pels are favored by two at the Smoothie King Center. It's a 6.30 tip tonight. Um, meanwhile, LeBron James needs 36 points to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and take over as the league's all-time leading scorer. He's uh, back in L.A. They take on Oklahoma City tonight. Does he get it tonight or does he get it Thursday when the Milwaukee Bucks come to town? He'll certainly get it within in the next two games all right he'll get it within the next two games and there's no telling how many more points he will score and how many more years he will play um but not only is lebron going to be the the all-time leading scorer but he's also um ranks in the top five all-time in assists 
So he is, he's a remarkable, remarkable player, and we need to embrace it and enjoy it. And I don't believe that the next score, all-time leading score, has been born yet. It may not ever, ever be broken. May not. Who knows? But LeBron uh, getting after it. And again, the Pels, Denver's the best team in the West. No question. Um, Memphis, I I don't believe Sacramento's going to last much longer. We'll see how the Mavericks go. Uh, Luka's still hurt. Kyrie Irving's going to play on Wednesday uh, as a Maverick. The Phoenix Suns are kind of rolling now. They're back after a bunch of injuries. They're back. They've won eight of their last ten. Golden State's coming into form, but Steph Curry's going to be out for a while, so we'll see. Minnesota, 29-27. and They're 7-3 and their last ten, and they hold both Golden State and Minnesota with a half a game lead over the Pels. Like I said yesterday, nothing's changed. Pels are one game out of fifth place. One game out of fifth. They are Two games out of fourth, three games out of third. They could just get, and I've been saying this forever and a day, haven't I? If they could just get healthy, um, then we could see what they're all about. We really could. In the East, Boston with a one-game lead over Milwaukee. Philadelphia right behind, three games back. Cleveland, five games back. Brooklyn, five and a half. Now with no Kyrie Irving, no Kevin Durant. He's still hurt. They're evaluating him today. They'll see if he's ready to go. Those uh, are the teams. Those five teams are the ones in contention. Miami's nine games back at six. So we shall see. All right, coming up, hour number two. What a great player he was. Stanley Roberts will join us. Bob Rose with the Black and Gold Report. We'll have it all for you. Hour number two of the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the fighting Tigers of LSU and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Stick around. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two and away we go. My main man, James Mesh, back in the Master Control Suite in the game studios, producer extraordinaire. Uh, He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUA. As fiber. We're coming down the, the stretch run of the college basketball season. We're almost to the all-star break of the NBA season. Talent everywhere. Um, and I thought, you know what? It's a special day for a, for a friend who was a great, great player uh, until injuries got the best of him. But uh, he's celebrating his birthday today. And I thought it'd be fun to bring back um, the one and only Manly Stanley 
Roberts. I always called him that. I don't know if he liked that, but I called him Manly Stanley because he was a big man. Happy birthday, Stanley <laughs> Roberts. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. Man, man, man. You were um you were all that in a handful, man. Parade first team all American coming out of high school. You played in, in the Dapper Dan, the McDonald's All-Star game. Man, you were something. You come to LSU and they got that guy Shaquille O'Neal. And I remember watching you guys play pickup games down in the dungeon. You remember the dungeon? Yes. Yes, I remember that dungeon. Tell me about some of those moments and what what you recall about some of those pickup games because they were, I'm telling you, they they were fun. Yeah, uh, you know, it was close to most most uh, to the public basically, and 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 ex players like Jerry Reynolds and and yourself, and and sometimes Rudy, they're in town, um, but. We had some of the Southern players come over, Bobby Fields yeah. and Avery Johnson. So it was some classic, uh, some really classic games down there in the dungeon that uh, the fans didn't get to see. But, hey, we had fun. You were better than Shaquille O'Neal, by the way. You know that. <laughs> you, used, you used to take him to school, big fella. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I, that I, uh, oh, I school, will. But most people, most people say that Shaq even – Say it, but I I don't see it. I think you know for him he when he first came in we got to remember he was uh, he took a backseat to to Mahmoud Chris Jackson yeah. and and myself and uh, he, he his focus was rebounding and block shots but he became he became an offensive uh, threat you know his freshman yeah. year also so that that really helped us out but yeah I kind of I kind of I kind of had him on the jump shot. <laughs> no doubt, big fella. There is no doubt. You get drafted, you go to the Orlando Magic, you play with the Clippers, the T Wolves. Um, you had your biggest stint with the Clippers for five or six years. Um, that was during the Jordan era. Who was the best NBA player you ever had to play against? Now that that that's gonna be, that's a tough question because you know I played down low. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I <laughs> It, it, it was so many great players, you know, Michael, of course, but you can't forget about Akeem, the dream. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kobe, uh, even though he was young, he was still tenacious. Um, Kevin Garnett. Jeez. <laughs> Stop you. right there. Stop right there. You mentioned the name and I, I really have to go back to that. Akeem Olajuwon, people don't recognize just how great he was and his skill set as a big man. I mean, wow, right? Yeah. I mean, quick, had, had the jump shot, could fade away. Uh, he had a, he had an all-around game. And he was only six. I, I would give Akeem 6'10". <laughs> Man, <laughs> but Man. he he pounded down low, and when he had to step out, he could step out and make that shot. Man, you got out, you got in the league right when Kareem was getting out of the league. Um, what do you think of what LeBron James is about to do um, in surpassing Kareem as the all-time NBA leading scorer? Okay, 
Okay, I got mixed feelings on that. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm glad LeBron is is, is uh, making that achievement, but uh, it was a different game back then, as you yeah. knew, as you know of. Yeah, to the league game, um, it was a lot lot tougher and a lot brutal brutal when we played. Yeah, than now. So. <laughs> I understand. Look, um, LeBron has like 2,222 made three-pointers. Kareem has one. I mean, it's a different game. It's different. But if I need a bucket in a game to win the game, I'm going to the sky hook. Nobody Thank could you. stop that. Nobody. Nobody could stop. Not even myself. Uh, nobody could stop that sky hook. And, yeah. So, I mean, it's mixed feelings. You know, I honor a king. Uh, dang it. <laughs> I want to say a king, but Algebar. Kareem. I mean, yeah. Kareem, yeah. he just, he, he's one of the greatest, greatest players to ever play the game. And, Stanley, and, uh, you, you had ups and downs. Um, you made the all-rookie team You in the NBA. As I mentioned before, you were a parade All-American and one of the most coveted players in the country. What makes you decide to come from Lower Richland High School in Hopkins, South Carolina, to LSU? What was the major factor there? Uh, well, of course, Dale Brown. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Um, coach, uh, well, Craig Carr, who was the assistant, made the initial contact, and, and Craig was pretty tenacious. He called me every every night. But when Dale uh, came to, came to my home in South Carolina, uh, I remember it was just one thing that he said that just made me come to LSU. And he looked me in the eyes and he said, uh, "I'm recruiting you as a person, not as a player." And uh, that just that right there did it for me. Yeah, that does mean a lot. I mean, you have to be a player, and you have to go through all the recruiting stuff that you were go- you were being flooded by people all over the country, um, and, and that resonates, and that that all means an awful, awful lot. Uh, Stanley Roberts with us celebrating his birthday today. Can I say how young you are? Yeah, you sound young. I am. Hey, twenty one. <laughs> 21, 21. I mean, he hadn't aged a bit, um, but you had a lot of injuries. And talk to me, because there's a lot of kids that listen to this. They're out of school right now. And Stanley Roberts was everything. He was a great player, but every player comes to a point in time where the career is over and done. You left early to go to the NBA, but through persistence from the aforementioned Dale Brown, you came back to LSU to complete your degree. Talk about that for me. Uh, well, it was it, it was not easy, nope. but uh, Coach Brown finally got me to come back after almost 25 years. Um, and basically, I had to start over. Um, you know, all the credits that I had before was um, basically uh, not in void. So I basically started as a freshman in 08 and um, with Coach Brown help because he, he had to keep me motivated. Yep. And um, from the LSU uh, uh, administration, uh, Verge Osbury and, and, and some of those people, they, uh, Maria Seagram, right. uh, Ronnie Halliburton, they, they kept me going. Uh, and, and, and I, I, I made it. 
I guess that's all yeah. I got to say. I got thanks God, thank God for that one. <laughs> yeah, it is not. I can't imagine trying to go back to school. I cannot imagine twenty something years later. I'd have said heck no. So what is Stanley <laughs> Roberts doing now? Uh, right now I work for a company uh, called Apache. Uh, okay. We do a lot of hiring for the plants and then uh, construction. Um, we hire awesome. a lot of uh, soft crafts, uh, such as scaffold builders, uh, painter blasters, uh, fireproofing. So I'm in the construction industry. Uh, I'm just uh, basically a craft recruiter. That's awesome. See, you got recruited. Now you're out there recruiting. So just <laughs> just use some of those Dale Brown techniques, big guy, and you you, you can't fail. <laughs> Coach Brown will always be part part of my life, no matter what. <laughs> Amen, and and the same here, big guy. Look, I just wanted to get you on for a few minutes to wish you a happy birthday. I am, uh, all kidding aside, I am extremely, extremely proud of you. How you have um, faced adversity and passed it by and went and got your degree and now you're working and you're taking care of yourself. I couldn't be happier for you, man. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, I'd like to thank, thank everybody uh, out there. I, I, I've had a lot of birthday wishes, uh, from LSU, Lower Richland high school, even Spain. Yeah. Um, just want to say thank y'all for being fans and, 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 and loving me and, uh, God bless you. How how cool was Madrid, by the way? It was so cool that you know I had to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And um, it's a beautiful Madrid, Spain. That's a beautiful part of the world, man. And you got to play a year there. Um, wow, that's awesome. Well, what a what a career, what a story. And kids out there, don't give up on your dream, and um, and and never give up on anything. And twenty something years later, he comes back to LSU, gets his degree, and he's a success story once again. That that's awesome. Happy birthday, young fella. Um, Thank you. And look, Shaq never had a jump shot like you, man. Uh-uh, not even close. I would tell him you said that, Joe. <laughs> Just don't give him my phone number again, all right? All right. <laughs> Happy birthday, man. Thank you a lot. Take care. Stanley Roberts, kind enough to join us on this uh, February the 7th. I'm telling you, the dude, dude could ball. Um, he could ball. Uh, we'll take a uh, time out here when we come back. Bob Rose, Saints News Network with the Black and Gold Report. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day? Well, the help you need can be found inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. How about a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard? 
and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Bob Rose, where were you February 7th, 13 years ago, my friend? Where were you? I was at my parents' house. Uh, there's a Rose family tradition at mom and dad's that they uh, they uh, make their world-famous lasagna. Okay. So unless I'm ever part of the media coverage for the Super Bowl, uh, you know, as long as I'm still walking around, living and breathing, I'm going to mom and dad's for lasagna. So, yeah, we were we were all rooting for the Saints, obviously myself, but we were all rooting for the Saints over the Colts on that particular day. I almost jumped out of my shoes when uh, – the Saints did that onside kick to start the second half. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, in my opinion, that is – yeah, that probably tied with Tracy Porter's interception return in that same game. Um, the best moment in Saints franchise history. And I, I'm with you. When that happened and, you know, the, the Saints recovered and then scored, uh, you know, the ensuing touchdown, you know, by Pierre Thomas, you just had a feeling that it was going to be their night that yeah. day. yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, I, I was a Saints fan from their inception. I was in Tulane Stadium when the kickoff occurred against the Rams and John Gilliam took it all the way. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. This team's going to be unbelievable. And then we roamed like Moses through the desert and never found an oasis. Are we ever going to taste see that oasis again, you think? Because it's oh, yeah. a long ways away. Or am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. It does feel like a long way away right now. Uh, yeah, and I know a lot of the uh, Saints fr- uh, fan base is, we'll call it disenfranchised, uh, you know, with the organization and most specifically Dennis Allen and the coaching staff. Uh, look, ownership gave Allen the vote of confidence for next year. They haven't steered us wrong. The Benson regime has not steered us wrong too many times since taking over the team uh, in 1986. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. But you're right. I mean, they just feel like a far cry from the two teams that we're going to be watching play for the championship this Sunday. Okay. Um, Joe Woods, defensive coordinator, coming over from Cleveland. Um, Your level of excitement. I know they had a history back in the day when they when Dennis Allen was coaching at Oakland. Is that the reason why, or what? What? Take me through this. Yeah, I think that is one of the reasons why. Uh, you know, and and Dennis Allen as the head man, he has a right to bring in his own people. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, everybody does. Uh, you know, you see Sean Payton trying to raid the you know the Saints coaching staff as we sit here right now. Um, as far as Woods himself, uh, you know, it, it goes deeper than just a buddy-buddy relationship with Dennis Allen. Woods is a good defensive mind. He's had success in this league, both as a def- as a secondary coach and as a defensive coordinator. I realize he was fired in Cleveland uh, you know, at the end of last year, uh, but 
I think that that personally, that that was head coach, uh, Brown's head coach, Kevin Stefanski, just throwing other heads on the chopping block to save his own uh, for at least one more year. Cleveland's defense, uh, you know, they, they, although they struggled against the run, a weakness of the Saints, by the way, yeah. Uh, yeah. they had one of the better pass defenses in the league. Um, as far as my level of excitement, Dennis Allen's going to continue to run this defense. Right. Uh, right. yeah, and I think it's a good unit. Uh, I am worried that they're going to lose linebackers coach Michael Hodges, who I think is a very fast rising up and coming, uh, you know, name as a, as a coach, uh, defensive coordinator or otherwise. Uh, But, you know, Woods and Allen are going to put together a good staff and this defense should continue to be very good. I like Ty Grantham. Uh, You know, he's got a pretty good resume. I think as a defensive line coach, he ought to be all right. Ought to be just fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Now, listen, I hated to lose Ryan Nielsen, uh, but, you know, Saints fans, you got to understand that move was not really something that the Saints could stop. They could have stopped it a year ago at this time when Dennis Allen made uh, the announcement that uh, that Nielsen and Chris Richard were going to be co-defensive coordinators. I think that was his biggest mistake, uh, you know, coming out of the gate. Uh, because of that, Atlanta had a chance to offer him the sole possession, the sole title of defensive coordinator, right. which is technically considered a promotion. Therefore, Correct. the Saints could not block it and will would not get any compensation back. Uh, yeah, and I mentioned Nielsen specifically because he was such a fantastic defensive line coach. I agree with you. I think Todd Grantham is going to do a good job. As you and I sit here at this moment, Brian Young, the pass rush specialist who's done a fantastic job, is still on staff as well. Uh, yeah, so again, at this particular time, I don't have too many concerns about the defensive coaching staff. Okay. Um, nothing official on Zach Streif yet, I, I guess. Do you think the Saints are trying to get into a bargaining battle with with Denver to try to keep Streif? Uh, yeah, it's possible. And I actually, uh, you, know, you you just revealed news to me like you did so last week. Uh, you know, I thought that the Streif hiring was pretty much official. Uh, you know, I know you know Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos are driving hard to the hoop for him. Uh, they've asked permission to interview Ronald Curry, the Saints quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator. Uh, yeah, we're hearing, I heard it from Jeff Duncan, that the Saints are working hard to keep most, if not all, of this offensive staff in place. What that means, I don't know. Because yeah. you know, allegedly, reportedly, uh, Denver offered Streep the position of offensive line coach, which again is a promotion off of uh, from his assistant offensive line coach duties currently in New Orleans. He's assisting Doug Marone, uh, you know, one of the greatest minds at that position in the league. Uh, yeah, so it, it should be interesting to see where we go from here. Obviously, Peyton, yeah. Uh, yeah, Peyton's going after these Saints coaches hard. Well, familiarity is is certainly mm-hmm. key. Um, I say, look, I'm sure it's probably wink, wink, nod, nod, done deal. Uh, but nothing has been signed. Nothing is official yet because Sean Payton was just introduced yesterday as the head coach. So he's got to let that sit in before he does all that. So we shall see. I, I don't doubt that he's um, uh, going to be there. Um, the Saints coaches were at the Senior Bowl. Um, I read somewhere um, Jeff Ireland was talking about when, when Drew Brees left. He asked him about, you know, what makes you so special? And he said it was quickness uh, with reading defenses, um, quickness in getting rid of the ball, um, all those type of things. And that's what they're looking for in a quarterback. And I think that's where all the angst is with the Saints fan base is 
who's going to be the quarterback? And nobody knows exactly what's going on and, and where they're going to go from here. Yeah, exactly. And that's bound. That's always bound to cause a lot of angst. Uh, yeah, but, but folks, we still have a, another five weeks before we're going to even have a glimpse at an answer at this position. Yeah. Uh, whether they make a run at Derek Carr. Uh, and if so, do they trade for him or do they wait for the Raiders to cut him? We'll know that by February 15th. Uh, do they go after a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or Geno Smith or Daniel Jones in free agency? Uh, do they do they have one or two targeted for the NFL draft? And if so, are they willing to sit at pick number 29 to get him or be aggressive and move up to secure their man? A lot of moving parts here. I think it's safe to say that Jameis Winston's not going to be back in a Saints uniform. If Andy Dalton is, he's only going to be the backup. So the only thing, ladies and gentlemen, that Jordy Haltberg and I can guarantee you today is that Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston are not factoring into the plans as a starting quarterback for the new Orleans saints. Other than that, literally everything is on the table right now. Ooh, that's uh that's scary. Um, so many positions of need on this team as well. I think offensive line is one of those positions of need. Don't you? Yeah, I think it's an underrated need. Um, as we say, yeah, as we stand here today, I think the starting five, you know, for next year based off of the depth chart right now would probably be Trevor Penning at left tackle. I foresee them moving James Hurst inside to be the starting left guard because I believe Andrews Pete will be a cap cut. Then you have Eric McCoy at center, a much improved Cesar Ruiz at right guard, and uh, who I think is a declining player in right tackle, Ryan Ramchek. Now, on paper, that's a pretty darn good offensive line. But we have seen that unit so ravaged by injuries in the last couple of years. I mentioned Ramchek. That knee is certainly uh, uh, bothersome, worrisome. Uh, you know, to I, I certainly believe him and definitely the Saints organization. So, yeah, offensive line is an underrated need. And I think if their best player on the board in the draft uh, you know, at pick 29 is an offensive lineman, Buckle in your seatbelts, folks, because you know, we, we've seen that story play it itself out before. Personally, I believe running back, defensive tackle, and even safety, in addition to, of course, quarterback, are bigger needs. Uh, but you know, we've seen the Saints' best teams have always been able to dominate in the trenches on both sides of the football. The Saints' offensive line has done anything but that in the last two years now. So, you know, whether it's keeping your fingers crossed and hoping these guys stay healthy or not trusting that they're going to stay healthy and just going out and getting young upgrades at different positions. Again, both options are on the table. I don't know if he's going to be around, but you talked about this. We need to upgrade the running back position. And there's a kid right in the Saints' backyard, Tajay Spears. Uh, the last time we saw him, he was tearing up USC and apparently had a fantastic senior bowl week as well. This dude's making some money. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, you know, coming into the draft process, uh, probably pre-bowl game, uh, Spears was looked at as probably an early day three pick. Uh, yeah, I think with that performance against USC, that performance at the Senior Bowl, and I believe he's going to test well at the Combine. And anybody that hasn't seen the Tulane film on him should really do so. I think Spears is going to end up being a mid, potentially early day two pick. 
But if the Saints, if the Saints pull the trigger on Tajay Spears, uh, you know, with their second round pick, again, it fills a very glaring need on this roster. So I don't see how anybody would have anything against that. All right, let's take a uh, brief time out here. We'll come back. We will, uh, yes, we'll get to Bob's thoughts on the Super Bowl and much, much more as the Black and Gold Report will continue after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to you by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, Cleaning America's Air from the Inside Out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. The premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing by D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted. By the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. Get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy. And by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 36 minutes after the hour, we continue with the Black and Gold Report with our good friend Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Always on the cutting edge, always coming up with the latest and with the information that you want to know as a Saints fan and as an NFL fan. So, Bob, with that in mind, I wanted to ask your opinion of Aaron Rodgers, who said today uh, that he will embark on a four-day, four-night, darkness retreat to do a little self-reflection in isolation. I don't know about you, big guy. I I can't sit in the dark for four days and four nights. I can't do it. No, I can't either. It sounds like solitary confinement to me. And uh, I'm I'm well known to be my own worst enemy. So yeah, the the last thing you want to do is leave me with my thoughts and my thoughts alone. Uh, But God bless him if it works. Uh, you know, all NFL players need to just get away for you know, a few days, a, a few weeks. I don't begrudge him that at all. Give me the beach and the sunshine. I'm yeah. not going in the darkness. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not. But he said hey, hopefully he'll come up with a final, final decision. My guess, I think he stays in Green Bay. I do. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, I know you asked me last week or a couple of weeks ago what I thought. And my initial thought was uh, you know, that he might retire. Uh, you know, he just sounded like a guy that was done in that final press conference. But I, I, I've since come around to you to your way of thinking. I do think he'll be back. And I have never thought that Aaron Rodgers would play anywhere else but Green Bay. Joe Montana said who, when asked who should be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers said. Give the ball back to Jimmy Garoppolo. He won a lot of games before he got hurt. Do you? Can you ever foresee that? No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, and Kyle Shanahan said as much. Uh, you know, without officially saying it. 
Uh, yeah, they've invested all these draft picks in Trey Lance. They have to find out if he's the quarterback of the future uh, because the jury's still out. He just hasn't played enough. Uh, Brock Purdy wowed the entire nation, uh, you know, albeit in a short sample of work. What was that? Six, seven, eight games. Yeah. Uh, but you know, per, as it stands right now, it looks like Purdy and Lance are going to duke it out in training camp. Uh, you know, if Purdy's elbow is even healthy enough to go, um, there's just a bringing Garoppolo back just wouldn't make any sense schematically. Wouldn't make any sense financially. Uh, I agree with Joe Montana. You know, Garoppolo's won a lot of games, a lot of big games for the 49ers. In my opinion, he really saved their season. Uh, yeah, when uh, when Trey Lance went down, but Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be playing elsewhere in 2023. He just he has to. That'll be an interesting decision as to who that's that's uh, there's not a lot of good ones out there and mm-hmm. everybody wants one. So it'll be very, very including our New Orleans Saints. My gosh, boy, I always said it. I always said it, Bob. Um, don't ever take for granted. The fact that the Saints have a Drew Brees, and for 16 years or so, whatever it was, um, Drew Brees was there, and you didn't ever have to worry about it. You weren't drafting one. You weren't trying to acquire one. He was it. Boy, miss him. You got that right. And because of his longevity, he literally spoiled an entire generation of Saints fans. Uh, you know, this is new and uncharted territory for a lot of them. Uh, and as you like to point out, franchise quarterbacks just don't grow on trees. You just don't open your front door and invite one in. It, it, it's not that easy. Uh, you, you, you need some luck. You need a lot of diligence uh, and, and you need excellent positioning and aggressiveness to go get one. Yeah, and you gotta have a coach that believes in them and yes. lets him lets him roll, just like they Belichick did with Brady, just like Shanahan did with Purdy. You never, you just never ever know. Which takes us to the Super Bowl. Nobody thought Jalen Hurts would be like this. Nobody. Everybody thought Pat Mahomes showed from day one he was special. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Hurts, I mean, he you got t- two fighting for MVP honors on the field together. Um, when you think of this matchup, what stands out to you? Uh, well, let's start with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL uh, because of how hard he worked to improve as a passer. And I've no said doubt. that many times before. He, he's, a, he's an elite athlete. There was never any question about that. But he has become an elite quarterback or at least borderline so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the type of guy that can put the game on his shoulders and win it for you. Uh, you know, other than that, you know, Philadelphia, and I've said it, you know, I've said it all year long, Philadelphia it was the most complete team in the National Football League, but they're going up against a very season, uh, a big game seasoned Kansas City squad that's been here before, including the quarterback and the head coach, the two most important pieces you need for a championship run. So, you know, does Kansas City's experience trump philadelphia's overall talent we'll obviously see in in a handful of days here Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's gonna that's gonna be the main question the teams that beat kansas city are those teams that can contain and put pressure on pat mahomes uh everybody talks about hurts and 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 deservedly so and his wide receivers and their running game 
That's a good defense, man. And oh, the old Saint, the ex Saint is back there ball hawking again. CJ Gardner Johnson. Uh, man, I like Philly. I do. I like both teams, but man, something I like about Philly, Philly too. Yeah, I like Philly too. And it wouldn't surprise me if Philly took this one big. Uh, I think Mahomes, you know, Mahomes and, you know, and Reed are good enough to keep Kansas City in the game. The uh, Philly is going to have to find a way to contain Travis Kelsey. Uh, but, you know, you talked about you know, what defenses have done to be able to beat Mahomes. Uh, you know, what offenses have done to be able to beat Philadelphia is run the football. And Kansas City can't run the football, not consistently. Uh, yeah, again, I expect Mahomes to make plays. Kelsey is going to be a problem for that very talented Eagles secondary. Uh, yeah, although I do expect uh, you know, Gardner John, C.J. Gardner-Johnson to keep him in check a little bit. And that will challenge the other Kansas City receivers, which have been above average all year. That will challenge them to make plays to win. And then offensively, I just I think Philadelphia, I, I, I don't see how Kansas City has the defensive talent to stop Philadelphia consistently. Okay. Uh, they can pressure the passer. Uh, they have a couple wonderful defensive linemen to do just that. But Philadelphia wants to run the ball at you first and foremost. So unless Kansas City jumps out to like a three-score lead, uh, three-touchdown lead, and you know, makes Philadelphia feel like they have to throw to win, I just I can't see the Chiefs' defense stopping uh, Philadelphia's offense on a consistent basis. Okay. Uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Um, this week, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee will select the class of 2023 to be inducted in August in Canton, Ohio. The Saints Hall of Fame Selection Committee is in the midst of selecting its next class. Um, and when you think about the criteria, just listen to those who are in the ring of honor. Archie Manning, Ricky Jackson, Willie Rofe, Morton Anderson, Will Smith, Tom Benson, Sam Mills. So you got two of the four don't patrollers you got to get the other two in and i tell you what um there's a guy out there that named jim finks yeah if he doesn't get in the ring of honor i don't know who deserves to get into it yeah i i, I couldn't agree more uh, you know, first of all, as far as the other two Dome Patrol members, you have Pat Swilling and the late Vaughn Johnson. They they need their names up there. Yeah, I I still think it's a travesty that Pat Swilling isn't in the NFL Hall the uh, the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, but that's another story for another time. Uh, and as far as Jim Finks goes. Jim Finks was the one primarily responsible for putting together that Dome Patrol unit. Uh, you know, we give a lot of credit to those four linebackers and that defense, uh, quarterback Bobby Bear, coach Jim Mora, for, you know, for really ushering in the first golden era of Saints football. Uh, and they all deserve their rightful credit, but Jim Finks deserves every bit of credit uh, you know, to, to go along with that. Uh, I believe I believe Finks is in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yes. You got to put him in the Ring of Honor. You, you yeah. have to. He got in the Hall of Fame because what he did with Minnesota and Chicago. But yeah. the Saints, at the end of his career, was significant on an NFL scale and historic in New Orleans. He hired Jim Mora. Mora deserves to be in the Ring of Honor, as does Drew Brees, yeah. as does Sean Payton. I don't know what how long you have to be away from the team to be able to get into the Ring of Honor, but if they're going to be in, put him in now why wait why yeah wait? i agree with you i mean you know you look at the ring of honor that's that's the elite of the elite 
in your particular team history, right? Uh, right. You know, so you know, so why wait? Yeah, uh, you know, I say the only criteria is they have to be out of football. So that that rules our friend Mr. Payton out. Uh, put the rest of them in though. Get their names up there in infamy all around that Caesar Superdome. Yep, old Jim Finks was something. Man, he took the Saints from moribund to at least playoffs. Are we talking playoffs? I mean, come on. Um, yeah, uh, pluck more from the USFL. Wow. Well, he well, he took Philadelphia, the Philadelphia slash Baltimore Stars, to three championship games and two titles, the USFL, and he plucked him. He became the Saints, uh, the Saints head coach. Wow. I mean, not only that, but, you know, Finks and that organization, they, they raided the USFL. Bobby Bear was USFL, Vaughn Johnson, Sam Mills, uh, Dalton Hilliard, if I'm not mis- – no, it wasn't Hilliard. I believe uh, you know, it was one of their other running backs down the depth chart. Um, and a couple a couple other guys that filled in, you know, great depth spots. Uh, it, the USFL folding back in 1985 was the best thing that ever happened to the New Orleans Saints franchise. No doubt. And Tom Benson brought them both in. And um, the rest is uh, is kind of history. Um, yeah, 1987, the second season of the Finks-Mora era, the Saints had their first winning season. They mm-hmm. beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, 20-16. to 16. They, I remember the flight coming back to New Orleans. They had cars lined up all along the road to welcome the team back like they'd won a – like they'd won a championship. They just had a winning season. Never had had one ever. Right. Crazy. Right. Champagne. That was actually my first NFL game that I attended live. Really? Uh, it was that particular game. Uh, you know, so obviously it holds a special memory in my heart. It was Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and you're right. You know, the, the players, I mean, they, I remember Dave Waymer crying. Uh, you know, like like a like a child uh, in a good way. Uh, you know, champagne flowing like the team had just won the Super Bowl. It was it was a very very special moment. If you're a an experienced Saints fan like Jordy Holberg and myself, Fink's claim to fame, one of the many. Um, eighth pick in the draft, 1993, selected Louisiana Tech tackle Willie Rofe, who ended up joining Fink's in the Saints and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How about that? Pretty good stuff. Very good stuff. And, you know, they, they traded, uh, you know, they had that pick. One of the reasons why they had that pick is they tried, traded a guy by the name of Pat Swilling to get it, yep. uh, you know, yep. who was my favorite New Orleans Saints player growing up. Uh, you know, so you take the bitter with the sweet, I guess. Uh, yeah. Wrote one of the best tackles of all time. I've had the honor of interviewing him, him and uh, Mr. Swilling a couple of times. Both great guys. Right. It just goes to show you Fink's knew when to pull the trigger and how to do it. Just don't make me wait 13 more years before yeah. we get another Lombardi. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, Philadelphia 31, Kansas City 17. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back with more. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
Delta Media Corps is looking for self-motivated and hardworking individuals like you to join their team. Delta Media is currently hiring a human resources manager to manage the HR department, hire, interview, administer, pay, benefits, and more. In addition, we're looking to add an account executive. Training is available. If interested, send your resume to Cochran at deltamediacorp.com. Delta Media Corp is an equal opportunity employer. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a stake. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Couple little tidbits here before we get out of here. Louisiana football signee Dwayne Winfield was presented the Warwick Dunn Award as the 2022 Sportsline Player of the Year. The Luxure native, um, the Class 4A Offensive Player of the Year, the best player of the year by the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, won another state championship, led the Bulldogs to their ninth one, and uh, had quite the season. So, congratulations to him, and also congratulations to um junior jordan brown after averaging 21 points 13 and a half rebounds per game and helping leading the rage and cajuns men's basketball team to a win streak of 10 consecutive games brown was selected for the third time this season as the sun belt conference men's basketball player of the week so congratulations to them as well. Special thanks to our guest today, Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, Marlon Favrite, part of that uh, February 7th, 2010 Saints Super Bowl victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Stanley Roberts celebrating a birthday today, the former LSU and NBA standout, and then Bob Rose of the Saints News Network with the Black and Gold Report. Um, if today, February 7th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Stanley Roberts said he was 21, but he's really 53. Happy 53rd, Stanley. Uh, Matthew Stafford of the uh, L.A. Rams, quarterback, 35 years old, uh, two-time NBA MVP Steve Nash is 49 years old, and he's probably calling Baton Rouge right now. Garth Brooks is 61 years young. What a concert he put on in Tiger Stadium. Holy cow, that place went berserko. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll take a look back and see if the Pels could get another win tonight over the Atlanta Hawks. We'll recap that. We'll look ahead as, um, as LSU's on the road. Their men's basketball team getting ready to take on Mississippi State tomorrow. Closer and closer to LSU women versus South Carolina women. We'll preview that a little bit. Um, and, of course, Michael Huguenin will join us for Hump Day with Huguenin. And we'll talk all things sports on the college front. So there you have it. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you uh, for joining us today in whatever form or fashion that you do, whether it be the radio, whether it be the Internet, whether it be television, however you do it, we thank you. I thank James Mesh for uh, putting together a really good show today. Always, uh, always appreciate his efforts, and we always appreciate our uh, sponsors. We could not do it without you. There is absolutely no way. So, 
Thanks for sticking around. Come on back tomorrow. Same time, 2 to 4 p.m. Same stations, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody.